Welcome to Season 5 of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist and genomic specialist. I invite you to sit back, grab your favorite beverage or cup of coffee, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and we've got some special topics to talk about today. Hi, Dr. Stewart. How are you? Hi, Kara. How are you? I am good. It's beautiful today. It's a little becoming fall in Austin. Yes, yes. So yes, yes. the GX panels, boom, exploding. Yeah. Right. All right. We've gotten, gotten down. We've got 12 launched now. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple more to go. Right. But one that's really been sticking out a lot that a lot of people have um, have been ordering for their patients is the gastrointestinal panel. That's correct. Now, you consider this because we have the five major panels, which is the immune, the foundation methylation, um, the neuropsych, neuropsych, chronic pain, chronic pain, and developmental, and developmental. But this is more of like a mini panel. Yeah, these are mini panels. Yeah, I call it like an add-on panel. If well, if you need really. some extra it just information, depends on what you're looking for. You know? Okay. So if you got a person in the office who just basically just having lots of GI problems, right? This is the panel for them. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So tell me, tell me how this panel was developed, who it's used for, how it's used. And then we'll get into the genes. Yeah. So basically, you know, the major panels uh, were kind of built for me. Okay. You know, my practice, I always tell people, you don't want my practice, which right. is entirely true. I promise you, <laughs> you know, because I get all these complicated people. So when I get this complexity that everybody's already treated, I want these, I want lots of information. Right. Um, but there's a lot of people who just walk in, you know, from everyday situations. And right. And they just, they want to know simple things. They, they have GI problems and that's really pretty much all they're complaining about or their child does or their child does and in, in, yep. in essence and so and they come in obviously they're they've already read a lot of times and they're like oh I think I might have mast cell disorder I think I might have you know I need probiotics all this stuff I think of stuff. I'm gluten intolerant right. and so the long and the short of it is the gastrointestinal panel is is really made to just target the specific um, concepts that we have and really do it a lot more completely than you can do in lots of other ways. Now, the the mainstay for gastrointestinal these days is actually, you know, um, in microbiome testing, right? Which tends to be pretty expensive. Can you explain microbiome? Yeah, microbiome is just the internal environment of the gut. Oh, okay. okay so we're learning lots of things about how the gut works. We're learning lots of things about the environment of the gut, even the type of bacteria that grow in your gut. And there's there's some really elegant new research out looking at even RNAs and being able to type and subtype hundreds right. of different bacteria right. and fungus in your gut. But the thing is, those tests are, you know, three, $400. Yeah. And the problem is sometimes you get them and you don't know what the heck you're really doing with them. Right. And so the, the long and the short of it is um, before you get to that point, what we want to know is the basic things okay. that can inter- interfere with the gut. Because intestinal pain is really common. I mean, Very I would much say so. probably 30% of people that walk in and it, there's the, the causes of it can be highly variable. And IBS is really common. You know, um, chronic constipation is common. Right. Chronic diarrhea is actually reasonably common, not as common as constipation. Right. But that's what this is for. The, the you know, the premise of GX and uh, genomics in general is to tell us what we need and what we don't need and try, try, to try to 
figure out what's really going on in the, the cells that line the gastrointestinal tract. We really want to know what's going on in the cell itself. Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of people that do the food allergy test. Sure. And that can tell you that snapshot in time. Right. If you're allergic, and you may be allergic to tomatoes at one point and then not six months later, correct? Right. That's Well, the answer is if you avoid them, that's correct. But the right. problem with tomatoes, too, is that tomatoes also have histamine. Right. And so what's really going on in the gastrointestinal panel is that we're trying to take the things that are important to me. So, or to, to moms. Right. <laughs> I, so, I look at it from a mom perspective because sure. my, my little boy gets a distended stomach after he eats certain things. Right. And when I got his GI panel, I went... Ah, oh, right. milk. Oh, and when gluten. I say in, important to me, that means as, as right. your physician. Right, you know? So the first section, we call it an inflammation environmental because most of these things are things that you put in your body. So and it, just to point out, you picked out 12 gene variants. Right. And, you know, I put some extras on there that you may have not thought about. Okay. Um, and, you know, who knows? We may add a couple more as time goes on. But the first part of it is actually histamines. Histamines are a big problem. Histamines are found in all kinds of foods that you actually think are healthy for you. Right. Okay, spinach is notorious. Tomatoes are notorious. Fermented beverages like kombucha. That's very popular. Very, very popular, especially in Austin, you know, with, yeah. our, with our little tree hugger society. <laughs> you know, Little, of, well, big. <laughs> big. And so those things that you think are healthy many times are not healthy for you. Because they contain histamines from an external source. And as you know, histamines cause inflammation. But that's if you if you can control the histamine, you don't have a problem with it. That's correct. So it could be so a healthy food the thing food is God has put two different enzymes in our bowel right. to actually break down histamines. And the reason he did two is because we needed a backup. Now, okay. unfortunately, there are some people that have problems with both. And so we have the DAO enzyme, diamine oxidase. Right. And remember, we've talked about this a lot. That's not the DAO SNP. That's the AOC1 SNP. Correct. Which means amine oxidase copper containing one. And then we have the HNMT as HN methyltransferase, which is the other enzyme that breaks down, um, or histamine in methyltransferase is the other enzyme that breaks down histamine. And so we actually measure all of them. So you've got three uh, just for histamine. Right. Three just for histamine, and that's one uh, AOC1 and two for HNMT. Okay. Now, the important part of this is if you have mutations in that, then you are going to be weak in histamine. Now, if you just have a single mutation of one, mm -hmm. you may not notice because God's got a backup for you. Right. Okay. But when you get into a, a, a single mutation for both of them, right. or especially a double mutation, and if you have problems with both of them, then you're really getting into problems where you really just cannot break down histamine. And, and most people have mast cell disorder. And a lot of people notice that because they know if they like drink red wine or they eat something with histamine Correct. in it, their cheeks get red and their nose runs. Right. And so what we have here is we want to identify. And so you remember in our panels, we have highly recommended supplements. So we have GI His support. Now, mm -hmm. GI His support has supplements that help with histamine tolerance. Ingredients, yeah. And then it also has diamine oxidase in it, which comes from, believe it or not, pig kidneys. Right, porcine, okay? yep. And porcine kidneys, uh, you know, there's one place in the body you just cannot tolerate a swelling, and that's in the kidney, because if you start swelling the kidney, you can't eliminate toxins and right. you will die. And so that's why it comes from porcine kidney. And then we also um, have the lifestyle recommendations that you need to avoid histamine-containing foods. If you get 
more positives. Correct. Okay. Okay. So that only will show up if we have enough mutations there to warrant a, a, a problem. Okay. So we'll make it highly recommended if we have two or more. Right. And then we'll make it, if you just have one, we will make it or say that it's provider discretion. You know, we do get this question about the GI his support, you know, for people that come out positive uh, on more than one of those genetic mm-hmm. SNPs. Um, is it better to take it before food, after food? It's probably during or before. Before or during. Okay. You know, I've taken it. I take it before if I have a glass of red wine. And right. That so kind the whole of... idea is once you eat food, the stomach clearance is actually going to slow down. Okay. Because you know, you've got to digest it. Right. So obviously it's probably best to take it right before you eat or during your meal. Or if you forget, get it out of your purse and take it. Right. You know what I mean? And so Your purse. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know dudes don't mean. carry this stuff around. <laughs> that means I've they, seen men carry this in their pockets. Well, they can carry it, but usually they're with their wife and right, they just stick right. out their hand and ask their wife. No, I was just, just like mine. You know, I was just teasing. Us men are babies. You know? <laughs> I carry it. And then after that, we have the FUT2. Correct. And we have that SNP because that's that's fucosal transferase. Very, very important because this is probiotics if you need them. Right. Now, there are actually three major SNPs for FUT, but what I want to tell you is I've reviewed thousands and thousands and thousands of genetic reports from all sources, and those three are almost always the same. Okay. Do you understand? So we just put one in here. Because they're almost always the same. If, and this was the most common one. That is the most common one according to the 1,000 genome. Now, I want everybody to understand that what our PhDs do is when I specifically develop a SNP, I actually go to the 1,000 Genome Project where right. we looked at all the data and I find the most common SNP for that problem. Okay. Do you understand? And we compare our lab findings mm-hmm. to make sure that they correlate with the 1,000 genome. Okay. Do you understand? So there's a lot of quali- Process of elimination. So a lot of quality control that goes on all the time. And I have a weekly report from my PhD every week. Right. About how, what's the incidence of findings and does it match what we find in 1,000 genome. And yeah, that's why new genes come up? That's on right. the reports? That's correct. Yeah, FUT2, I feel like this has saved either people a lot of money from probiotics that correct. weren't necessary. Well, you know, my general feeling, there's nothing wrong with taking a probiotic every day. But if you don't have a FUT2 and you grow pro- probiotics really well mm-hmm. and you take an extra probiotic every day, you're going to get you're gonna get gassy. Right. Because <laughs> you're going to grow them like crazy. What fucosylation is, is that you're growing... You basically, your bowels secrete sugars to make it very fertile for the bacteria to grow. And those sugars are called fucosal sugars. Okay. And so people either with a single mutation or a heterozygous, they have a partial um, uh, partial excretion. So they just excrete a smaller amount. Right. And then people who have a double positive That's or my a homozygous, son. they don't secrete those sugars. Or then they're called non-secretors. Right. And so really there's not a fertile environment for probiotics to grow. And so you really need to put them in every day. Yeah. You know, Dylan has a, a double fute too. And he, he has terrible constipation. It's really a problem. And stomach pains. And now that we have them on a probiotic daily, it's changed, well, changed his life. Here's the deal. Probiotics, I mean, we're going to learn more about probiotics in the next few years than anybody can imagine. There are specific types of probiotics that make neurotransmitters, like mm-hmm. lactobacillus and bifidobacterium make GABA. The so gut-brain connection. Right, and so that calms, <laughs> that calms kids when you get the right probiotic in Right. There. We have some that cause glutamate. Which yeah, is a lot of, lot of uh, supplement companies marketing probiotics with neurotransmitters well, these of course. Days. Now, some of those neurotransmitters don't actually cost the blood-brain barrier once they're produced. Right. But it does tend to help. And, and the bowel, remember, works on neurotransmitters. Right. So GABA makes the bowel relax. 
and glutamate makes it constrict. So when you have too much glutamate, mm-hmm. you certainly cannot relax the bowel, so you get constipated. And you feel terrible. Okay. And so the long and the short of it is this basically just identifies how aggressively do we need to put probiotics into any particular person. You know, your most popular show is the gut-brain connection. Yeah, there we go. You know, <laughs> you're well, like, ah, it's, 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 but it's now really, it's it really, to me, it makes sense. Well, you know, I think of it a little differently than that because I'm a brain guy. Right. But, you know, it's it's a good concept. Okay. Well, and then you have here, like if they have a few too, we've got our probiotics, like the Biotoblum Pro, the Daily. We have right. the Choose for Kids. Um, and then, and then may consider actually, microbiome testing. Right, so microbiome. So microbiome. If you, so if you, are, if you have a lot of inflammation and things don't seem right, mm-hmm. um, you may need to look at microbiome testing. So this is the people who really may want to go over and actually spend the money looking at those with the gastroenterologist. And... No, 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 no. It's done by your functional doctor. Okay. Yeah. Is it a what type of test? No, gastroenterologists don't believe in any. And of what stuff. type of test is it? A micro. Mi- uh, microbiome? So we have several types. One, some types just actually type them by culture. Okay. Some types actually, we look at the RNA. Those are the real sophisticated new ones. Okay. And what you know, and I, I won't mention those companies, but your doctors will know about them. Okay. And you know, it just tells us the diversity. And whether we have an overgrowth of yeast or we have too much of one thing or the other, it even looks at parasites. And so the thing is, you just want to, you want to use your money wisely. And if you need that test, great, but you don't want to do it on everybody. Okay. All right. Well, let's get on to the next gene, the NOS2, okay, so NOS2. NOS2, uh, nitric oxide synthase. Um, nitric oxide is actually used um, in the body in many, many ways. Most people know it um, for basically... Uh, dilation of blood vessels, mm-hmm. helping with high blood pressure. Uh, it does have a lot of uses inside the cell to, with energy. But really what it's used in, in the gut is macrophages, okay. which are your your immune cells that eat and kill things, use it to kill uh, bacteria that are bad. Okay. So when they identify it, um, they essentially will engulf it, and then they use nitric oxide to actually kill the bacteria mm. inside of them. And that process happens in autophagy, and that's another section later on. Right. Okay. So the long and the short of it is that if you have a weakness in making nitric oxide, you will probably be weak at killing gut bacteria that don't belong there. Ah. You understand? So those people are more prone to getting bad microbiomes. They're they're more prone to getting intestinal infections. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in this kind of situation, if you have recurrent infections, we may even go into some sophisticated testing like secretory IgA and other things to find out why the gut's having so much trouble. But what we do know about nitric oxide is that if we essentially take uh, natural things to help control the infection, God built natural anti-infectives into our foods. Unfortunately, we've taken out a lot of them in our hybridization. Right. And then also we can use um, beta-glucans. The immune restore. Yeah, yeah. beta-glucans to actually strengthen that. And those are made from probiotics. But to tell you the truth, I got so frustrated in people who couldn't grow probiotics at trying to grow them to make nitri- to make beta-glucans uh-huh. that I just put the beta-glucans in a separate right. capsule. Right. It's a very popular I'm, product. Well, it's, and that's what it's, it's a little about. hard to understand until you explain it like that. Correct. And that's why it's listed right under FUT2. No, it's it's in the NOS2. The NOS2 is listed right under FUT2. Right under. I got purpose. it because they do go together. Correct. Very interesting. Okay. All right. Let's get to this big one. 
HLA, DQ, okay. the gluten genes. Okay, so these are gluten genes, but they're also really reactivity genes. So gluten is the most common. They really will tell you a pretty good idea of casein sensitivity potential too. Okay. Um, and I'm talking about developing a severe reaction to it. Okay. Okay. Now, DQA2 is the one that's mentioned most, and it is actually the most common. And believe it or not, 50% of the population have a single copy. Yes. And a double copy is present in 24% of the population. Right. I see it a lot. Now, the problem with that, whereas DQ1 is really pretty rare. Okay. Okay. Now, there's also one called DQ8. Mm -hmm. The problem with DQ8, and most people don't understand it, is it's a very, very complex uh, analysis. And, and it's it, not on our report as of no. yet. And the reason it's not there is because the analysis requires several different SNPs. It is a complete um, concept that I've never tough. even heard of it. Well, so. you'll hear, you'll read about DQ2 and 8. Some people do that. I will tell you, I don't think it's worth it because DQ2 right. is really what tells you what's going on. And in fact, in the analysis of people with celiac disease, mm -hmm. um, over 90% of people were found to have the DQ2. The HLA DQA2. Right. Okay, so. Now, the DQA1 is really rare. Now, here's the deal. Um, if you have the DQA2, that just means you have a higher risk of celiac if you don't limit your gluten exposure. Gotcha. It does not mean you're going to get celiac. Right. Okay, these are That's a lot of a lot of confusion out there right. about so that. So the incidence of celiac is 1 to 130 people. Okay. This gene, DQA2, is found in 24% of people. 20... So is that just telling you you should probably get further testing? Right. Now, what it does mean is that you're at a higher risk for developing gluten sensitivity. Right. Now, obviously, celiac requires a lot more. Mm -hmm. Celiac requires also an immune system that's highly unregulated and explosive. Right. And not everybody has that. So these are just the people that we can identify that would be better off if they just learned to to avoid gluten for the most part. And if they do, take an enzyme. That's correct. Okay. okay. And if you, even if you get an exposure, you know what I mean? You you, you get it artif you know, accidentally. Right. Or you go to somebody's house and they're serving something that has it. Well, you, you know? call it the pizza party enzymes well, for the I little do. kid that can't eat pizza, can because, have some. Well, because moms, um, moms get very diligent. Right. And sometimes even scared. Right. I have to calm that scare a lot. And so unless you really have true celiac, which we can actually measure um, measure the antigens for that if we need to. Okay. Um, which are blood antigens or plasma antigens. Um, then, you know, it's just, hey, we need to be aware. Okay. Do you understand? So, you know, you have here in the lab uh, recommendations. So if there's a couple of positives and if the HLA DQs, one and two, you have consider an allergy panel. Yeah, your food, food allergy panel. Okay. okay, because sensitivity is high in those people. Okay, and then you may actually even consider if you really think that the gut's really in trouble, then you consider a a, um, a TTG and an anti-gliadin and antibody to indicate celiac. Okay. All right, well, let's get to the lactose intolerant. This really opened my eyes with mm -hmm. me and my son. Sure. Um, double positive. Right. I was like, I knew it. <laughs> Well, actually, Milk has always been my enemy, but I love it. Actually, this, and gene, my son. this gene is most common in African-Americans. Oh, well. And in fact, uh, when you deal with football and players. And your family. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you deal with football players, uh, all the black guys know that they don't, they don't eat. They don't drink drinks that have milk in them. Really? The craps. Oh, okay. You understand? And so really it's very, very common. But it's also in there because it's, it's just a gene that 
that tells you whether you've got a significant problem with it. Right. And so obviously lactose is a sugar and it needs to be broken down. And these people just lack the ability to break it down. And that's like pouring something in your bowel that just pulls fluid and wants to promote diarrhea and all that. Can I ask you a question? Because, you know, I have had a food allergy test and milk did not come out that I was allergic to it, but I have a double mutation on this. So what, what's the difference there? I mean, so I don't have this, you know, I guess an anaphylactic reaction to it, but I... No, well, milk has so many different things in it. So we're just milk, looking at lactose So milk here. has casein, has whey. Right. This is lactose, which is the sugar. Okay. So you got to pull that component about. Milk is a really complex food. Right, obviously. And so most of the sensitivity is to um, casein. Okay. Which is, um, and not whey, which are the two different forms. And if you've ever, uh, well, the older people will know how you separate milk and what you do to make cheese and butter and all right. that other stuff. But this is just something means that you really have to avoid the milk products altogether. That, But the lactose milk, lactose-free milk is fine. Sure. Okay. All right. Let's get on to, so you added autophagy to the GI. Why? Okay. So autophagy is turning out to be a very complex process. And what immune cells do um, with autophagy is when they identify a, um, a potential bad source, these cells called macrophages, Mm -hmm. uh, engulf it and put it in a pocket, which is an autophagy-based pocket, and then they put enzymes in uh, along with nitric oxide to kill the the bacteria. Yeah. So when you have weaknesses in autophagy um, in forming the little pocket, and that's what ATG5 and ATG16 are about, you have a weakness in making the pocket. So if you have a heterozygous, that means you make one good protein and one bad protein, which okay. means you only make half the amount of pockets. To kill off. To kill off stuff so you kill it a lot slower. The bacteria has a lot of chance to, you know, take advantage of you. Okay. And so we essentially have uh, put this in there to know when we need to use assistance with natural things to kill um, bad bacteria. Okay, because you have here... You know, with the ATG and, AT, and the ATG16L1, that's a grouping, right? Correct. And what this really should be uh, is neuroimmune infection control too. Okay? Right. And that's already been. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. then you have the metabolic stimulator. Yeah. Tell us about the neuroimmune infection control. Why is that necessary? <laughs> so if you can't kill, if you can't kill those bacteria effectively, you got to have something from foods in the environment to help you. Okay. Makes sense? Right. And then you have the calorie restriction. Calorie restriction does help, okay? Yeah. And and you can use other things if you need to. But, you know, as far as your GI tract is concerned, this is really about ensuring that you keep a nice environment in the bowel. Okay. So this is telling us just how susceptible you are. Right. Now, the last one is the node card. Now, luckily, this is a very, very, very uncommon gene. Okay. Now, those people, what they have is they have an inability to even recognize what bacteria are good and bad. Okay. And so they don't even know what to put in the pocket. So those people have to have typically lots of antibiotics for their bowel infections uh, and all that type of stuff. So we If was, they got one copy or two copies? Uh, two copies is really bad, but even at one copy, they have trouble. So at two copies, you're going to see a lot of bowel issues. Correct. Okay. And those are people who have chronic diarrhea and, right. I mean, just chronic stomach pain. Right. You know what I mean? And then possible Crohn's. You have to check yeah, for that. to check for Crohn's for that. Okay. Okay. And so and you recommend the neuroimmune infection control for that as well? I do. You do. Mm-hmm. Anything else, like natural? Well, the answer is, you know, the neuroimmune infection control has all the things that 
that you would consider that we have hybridized out of our food. So that's grapeseed extract, grapefruit seed extract, right. olive leaf extract, uh, lysine. Yeah, that's all in there. You understand? It's all and in so there. those are all just to create a great environment. You know, you, the other one thing I like to do in this environment too is I do look, to, I, I personally like to add a little acid to alkaline. Right, you love that product. Well, wish it was ours, but it's not. Well, I understand, but yeah. that's the reason that that we have it. You know, you're right. You're gracious enough to carry it because it does. I can't make that product better than it is. So let me ask you this. So I get this question: the neuroimmune infection control. You've got someone with a double plus or a single copy. Would that be something they would take every day, yes. or till they finish the bottle, or no, to no, just no. take it every they have day? To take it every day. Just we, to keep things under you know, control. Do you remember, you know, we're old enough. You're old enough, Carrie. You remember when we were kids, grapes had chalky on, on right, the outside. Right. Plums, Plums had chalkiness. Now they're all clean and pretty. You know, that chalk is an anti-infective. Ah. But we've taken it off because it didn't look good in the grocery store. <laughs> you know, and I'll, I love to tell the story about Stephen. Yeah, Okay, yeah. and the watermelon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we were at SeaWorld, and uh, Stephen says, I want some watermelon. And this, by the way, this is my son. He was about five or six at the time, and... So he got the watermelon. He went to the table. He comes running back, and he said, Dad, the watermelon is bad. <laughs> and I said, Dad, what do you mean? Well, bring it back up here, and we'll say, I said, what do you mean bad? Is it like too ripe? He goes, no, it has black seeds. Because <laughs> so, it's a real watermelon. watermelon. That's right. So that just really <laughs> struck with me how much we've manipulated our foods. So that's why these for these, pretties, the natural know. products are but, necessary. You know, those are medicinals. Right. So all those things were put there by God on purpose right? Uh, for medicinal purposes. And so what we're doing now is, unfortunately, we're putting all that stuff back in right. just differently. Well, Dr. Stewart, I thank you for your time today. Thanks for going over the gastrointestinal panel. I call it the GI panel. And uh, I hope everybody has a beautiful and blessed day. This show is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. Dr. Stewart serves as the chief science officer and lead formulator for neurobiologics and advises you to consult with your own medical professional on any information given during this programming. This information is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or medical condition. 